Delaney. And it's Katie. This is Classically Black Podcast. <laughs> Where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession. What gunshots in the background I'm playing. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> My neighbor is getting a remodel done on the exact side of the house that I am recording in. And that's just what it has to be. So, sorry, y'all. Um, but I literally this morning, I woke up around 8. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm asleep for another 20 minutes. When I tell you, as soon as my eyes closed, I was like, are you kidding me? Oh, dang. <laughs> that's kind of early to start. Yeah, that's why I was like, don't the work day start at 9? Like, it's like a little like inconsiderate, not going to lie. Because even, oh, I mean, people doing what they do, but 8 a.m. Yeah, I don't know. Come on, early no, bird. You work, you work nights. Yeah. Like, oh, you got to. Yeah, you gotta sleep during the day. Dang. But come on, early bird, I see you. Welcome. That's what my mom said when I when I texted her. I I showed I texted her a video of me in the bed so she could hear, like me just looking at the camera. Like really, she was like, and I was like, uh, don't they start at nine? And she was like, early bird gets the worm. I was like, I don't like worms, so <laughs> ain't got I, nothing to do with me. I was talking to Estefan, the the uh, cello fellow. <laughs> Sounds ridiculous. It do. <laughs> that's what he is, but it do. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Anyway, I was talking to Estefan because Estefan's not a morning person. Because anytime we had to do an extra rehearsal, I was like, anytime we had to do an extra rehearsal with the fellows, I was like, can we just do it as early as possible? Because like people got stuff to do. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, great, let's do it at nine. And Estefan was like, Are you kidding? So no. <laughs> what? I was I was like the earliest the the earlier the better like if I could take an eight o'clock viola lesson I would. Uh, That's I would heinous. T- Cause when you want to listen to Taylor, I would take a lesson at nine thirty. That was my preferred time. I mean now I'm the exact opposite. Now I might take it a little bit later because I want to like do a thorough warm up, and it's like if I'm tired, I, I move slower, and now I'm gonna get on the viola at eight. They got listen at nine. It's enough. It's, it's enough time, but it's not like, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, um, I'm the exact opposite. You know, I've, my lessons are always like 7 p.m. or later. <laughs> can't, I, girl, I'm just not built like that. Like, I, I, I go ahead. No, I'm just going to say I am because I need, I don't like to do anything before my lesson. I want to have at least, I preferably at least three hours <laughs> of nothing to do so that I can war you know like warm up and you know and also just not be doing like i don't want to be rushing from here to my lesson like i yeah. want to be you know whatever so and you know me i get to my lesson like 20 minutes early because oh, but. <laughs> I, I could just throw it. i remember one time there was like a, a school field trip to the rpo during my lesson i was already late but you know you know who i'm dealing with but whatever so it didn't really matter too much but I was it made me later so I was like running through the uh, and you know I don't move fast that's not that's something I do not do I do not rush <laughs> okay but I'm like because now I'm like it's at this point it's like don't have a heart attack in Katie's presence <laughs> she'll be like now where's my phone <laughs> let's see I'm not a nine. rusher that's why I'm like, traveling with my mom she's like am I walking too fast I'm like you know, I'll meet you at the gate. I'm not rushing. What are we doing? And I remember I was complaining to Nikki about how, like, in Memphis, like, there's nothing, nothing moves with urgency. That, that's the that's the issue I have. It's a Southern thing. Things don't move urgency. Nikki was like, you are the least urgent person. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> Why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? And I, what I meant by that, 
I saying think, you're not a urge you're not a not urgent person or urgent person you're a katie's time person i like efficiency and memphis reminds me a lot of jamaica it's like it's not as bad as jamaica that's because that's ridiculous but like anytime i go any anywhere it's gonna take 30 minutes i don't like that i don't like experiences you know i just want to go to the post office and leave the post office i don't want to go to the post office and wait 20 minutes um but I forgot how we got all the way over there. But all I'm saying is, oh, them school buses. I was like, I was like, uh, 20 minutes late to my lesson. But I had a student viola open and started playing. You know, it was just like it was terrible. It's very slimy. Yeah. But also, like, I don't leave 20 minutes. I get there 20 minutes early because also I'm practicing or whatever then i gotta pack the base up stuff be happening you know whatever now by the time i've done all that and got over to where i need to go unpack the base sometimes you know your pegs all out of whack so i can retune and re you know when Mm -hmm. i get over there but girl i I played i played uh i had a lesson at seven at 6 30 on this week and when i tell you i was out for the rest of the day i was so tired i was like i I feel like my brain was gonna lose out of my ears. I'm like, I can't, <laughs> I can't. I'm not a night person at all. I can't. I hate it. I'm an old lady. But you know what? We had a nice eight o'clock lesson. Eight a.m. No. The only reason why I don't like eight, I didn't like eight o'clock lessons, is because we had studio at nine. Oh, that's nine p.m. So, I wouldn't play you know. well that late. My my body starts shutting down like around nine. Not shutting down. <laughs> like. That's why that's why when I was telling you when we were gonna do that, like they uh Bob invited us out to get a drink after the dress rehearsal a couple and I was like my eyes started closing at nine fifteen. These notes look like one big note, okay? Like, Not one big note. <laughs> no. Uh uh-uh. uh. I want I wanna be a night person. Oh, but that's why I was telling Estefan, because I was telling him that society rewards morning people. Mm-hmm. But I also think that music culture rewards night people because Yes, classical music, the hangout culture of classical music. Oh, well, that don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant like <laughs> that's like a, a optional opt-in thing. It's <laughs> optional, like the actual. It's optional like, and it's not optional. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like if you hang out, depending with people, on where you are. Yeah. yeah, if you hang out with people, you make connections. Yeah, but I don't like that. But you know. Mm. Anyway. Yeah, like there's some things, yeah, but I, but you know, I'm combating that. There are certain things that I think are considered like rude that ought to be, and one of those is I don't want to go. So, <laughs> <laughs> like there was a there was a situation at work where everybody was like, "Dang, I don't want to go to this." And like they were like, "Are you going?" I'm like, "No." They were like, "Really?" I ended up going because like the way they reacted was like, "Yeah, like well, why aren't you?" Yeah, like that that they all felt like they had to go mm-hmm. and so i was like oh i don't feel that at all i just saw an invite and i didn't want to go so i said no <laughs> <laughs> like uh-uh. but um yeah i mean i guess the hangout whatever like the hangout question sure but um because i was just thinking like since so many old people since classical music you know they don't like doing stuff late but i'm, I'm old people <laughs> like why can't we go to brunch Mm-mm. I don't really care for brunch, so I don't. I don't like breakfast. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, but brunch, you brunch is. I feel like it's breakfast leaning. It is breakfast leaning. Yeah, so it is breakfast leaning. But I've I've gone to brunch and 
people at the table order a burger or whatever. Yeah, I would just get lunch. But I'm talking about brunch food. Like, yeah. Mm. But also, yeah, it is breakfast food because, like, a mimosa don't go well with no burger. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Play the Alfredo. In a mimosa. You tell mimosa. That's gross. <laughs> You having a freaking steak and a, a, uh, a what's it called? Say, Bloody Mary. You got Mary. a chicken fry, a chicken, a chicken fried steak, and, and a, with that white gravy on it, and a and a and a, and a uh, what's it called? It a screwdriver. So we almost back to brunch culture though. Period. I can't wait. Yeah, you know, Katie like being outside. I don't like being outside, but if it's time yes, to go outside, you said I said that. Don't, because I also like being at home. You can like two things. I like being at home more than being outside. Okay. You don't think so? You don't? No, I don't. But you know, you're you. So yeah, I mean, I know what's going on in here because I just love being at the house. But I just don't understand how what's going on in here doesn't translate to what's going on out here. Like that doesn't make any sense. Because if you do what you want to do. <laughs> I mean, but think about it. Like, Memphis is open. How mm-hmm. often do I go out? But that's different. We're in a pandemic. It oughtn't be open. Yeah, but it's open. So it's like, you're not going out. Not because you... I feel like you're not going out because it's a, you know... But, but yeah. I, mean, we won't see. I don't know. I just, I just, I've been forcing myself to go outside. Oh, see, I don't have to force unless it's something I don't actually want to go to. Yeah, see, I don't want to do anything. That's the problem. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, that's <laughs> I love doing things at home, but I will go out. Only time I have to force myself to go is if I don't actually want to go. Mm. Like mandatory things. Mm. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I remember that time. Because if I don't have any food at home, that's ridiculous. You just won't eat. I just won't eat. So I remember one time you were over here and it was like it was like twelve or like one and you were looking at me like so <laughs> and I was like, What? <laughs> we're at home. Perfect place to be. <laughs> I mean there was a time, I mean, you're not like this anymore, but I remember there was a time where I would see you at like seven PM. You'd be like, Yep, I had a Jolly Rancher and some Pepsi. <laughs> Just like, what are we doing? That's why people that's why people think I eat terribly. Like that's a that's like one of the most common like misconceptions about me. But I'm like, y'all don't see how I eat all the time. But I, I guess yeah, I, I see you eat terribly outside. until like I got to know you, and it's like it'd be salads and and junk. But then it, that I just was like, what are we doing? Yeah, like I like I think some people are not open about the junk food that they like, and I am. Mm. But just because I like it doesn't mean that I eat it all the time. Yeah, I have hot fries. Like I love hot fries. I have hot fries like twice a year. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. But I do is I, I mean, and, you know, I was eating me some pizza. What they call it? Pizza bites, pizza bites and Pepsi. Lucky here with some some ranch. No, well, hold on. Because I love pizza and ranch. I can't eat pizza without ranch. That's where we've gotten. I That's pizza and ranch is good, but um, it's good. But first of all, it's eleven minutes. We've talked about nothing. But. <laughs> Uh, pizza and ranch is good but I, I was like i have to draw the line somewhere <laughs> i'm not saying it's healthy at, but in any means yeah like, it is terrible and i eat all kind of terrible things so i'm like i gotta draw the line somewhere i can't <laughs> so, i can't eat pizza without ranch like wow. it just tastes dry and that's before anyone wants to say that, that was before i went vegan before i went vegan Mm-mm. 
I still can only eat. And it's crazy because there was this dude named Nick Reinberg. And in fourth grade, I used to sit next to him at lunch. And he would take that freaking cafeteria pizza and put ranch on it. I'm like, that is disgusting. What are you doing? And I always said that the next time I see him, if I ever see him again, I'm going to apologize for that. <laughs> that was... <laughs> he's going to think I'm weird. That was 20 years ago. 20? I'm freaking old. How old am I? Yeah, about 20. I'm old. I must be 28. And my life is in shambles. Okay, it's literally not. Let's move on to the news. Because you get on my nerves. I mean, um, okay. This isn't even really news. This is just something that, that you showed me yesterday that I was just like, y'all see this? What happened? What was it, the Atlanta Symphony? <laughs> When they sent out like an email campaign advertising a concert with William Grant Steele, like a work by William Grant Steele, and um, they put Chevalier de Saint George's picture. <laughs> I'm like, bro, <laughs> William Grant Steele, like, was alive a couple decades ago, and y'all <laughs> did this like, this like 18th century, uh, or really, yeah, this 18th century portrait with this dude with a powder wig on you didn't know that this wasn't him <laughs> it's also like photographs of William Grant Steele with a camera like what are we doing it's embarrassing especially like coming from an institution like that and they apologize for it I'm like this is, some things are just like beyond apology like I just don't understand like Garrett Garrett said yeah nobody in that room has sense and I was like yeah because also his bio was below and it said like years like 1930 1950 like <laughs> Yeah. Would you think this was a painting of him on Halloween? It's embarrassing. Amazing. Yeah, especially because, yeah, I was saying yesterday, of all the black composers, those are two of the most widely known. Yeah. Two of the buzz names that have been going off this past year. Now, next thing you know, now that they they doing a Chevalier concert and they put a Florence Price picture. So. Your, or Jay-Z picture. All right. So. <laughs> Um, and then my other piece of news this week is just a concert that is coming up that is a big deal for Juneteenth. Um, it's come, it's being presented by the Harlem Chamber Players called Pity These Ashes, uh, Tulsa 1921 to, uh, 2021. So it's commemorating the centennial of the Tulsa Race Massacre that happened in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, a very notable part of this is that Adolphus Hellstork is um, having a is having a world premiere um at this concert so get your tickets get your whatever i'm gonna link everything so that you can um so that you can you know get right it's a digital concert so everybody can go it's accessible um and yeah there's some uh janai bridges will be singing in adolphus hellstork's um premiere there's also you know other things on the program some jesse montgomery some alice coltrane um and yeah a couple a couple uh different different things so including some dancing some some dancers from the harlem school of the arts too so shout out to them i'll link everything so that y'all can go so y'all can rsvp um and yeah you know we're keeping it short and sweet today because this episode barely happened so Okay, time for the intermission. So, um, this is what's been happening on TikTok. TikTok is a very strange place. 
So, um, my cousin Monica is 17 and she texted me a couple days ago, like, oh my God, Katie, you have to listen to the Backyardigans album. And I was like, so if you don't know, Backyardigans is a children's show that came out in like 2007 and I will absolutely not be listening to the Backyardigans album. She's like, it's so good, Katie. Like you just have, I'm like, I will not, but thank you. That is so good. (laughs) Like... So I get on TikTok and literally all last week, the Backyardigans has been like their one of their songs, Castaways, has been trending. It sounds like this. Was lost at sea, our lifeboat sprang leak, and now we're castaways. Castaways, we are castaways. Ahoy there, ahoy, we are castaways. So of course Delaney started dancing and that's the intermission today. So um and also like you know Yeah, it's not I wouldn't say it's great. Like I wouldn't listen to that. (laughs) I mean they've been doing of course people take everything too far. There've been remixes. This is my favorite one. with Migos remix annoying so those two songs like Into the Thick of It and Castaways have been trending and there have been videos of black creators dancing to these songs not remix just dancing to it as is and the caption be like black people can dance to anything which is absolutely true absolutely like absolutely I remember there's a video of us (laughs) there's a video of us at Sphinx and I think in 2019 it has to be because you know no. Oh wait, well, I don't no, know. No, it was 2019. It was 2019 because we were at that <gasps> hotel across the street. Oh, what video is this? <laughs> so we got to our room and we were there with Kaylin, and we were dancing to melodies from heaven. Full was it melodies? Yeah, fully choreographed dance routine. <laughs> just for no reason, we just walked into the room and started doing it. And Caitlin was like, y'all so crazy. Like, literally. <laughs> that, I thought you were talking about the video I just sent you from, a cu- from like, way. Like, I think it was even before that when we were in Connecticut and we were dancing to the the Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> like, fully bent over, twerking. And also, we were dancing to nothing, too, for oh, part wait. of that trip. One of us started dancing and the other one just started and no music was playing. We were just... <laughs> dancing like what are we doing <laughs> um so yeah i asked delaney uh what are some pieces um that you could actually like you would just be bent over working to so yeah that's the intermission let's see what you got okay so the first um the first um one that i picked is rock modern off symphonic dances i was just listening to this because it's a part and i wish i had a, a timestamp that it's like like nah i listen i don't even know how to explain it it just like it slowed down it'd be, it be the slow down it's like the breakdown it'd be the it'd be that like <laughs> i really should have queued up a um a timestamp. wait hold on 
all right y'all i got the recording i got the recording it's this part this is the first movement it's ridiculous like just listen just listen you gonna know tell me nothing about that okay mine is similar i already, I already expressed my love admiration for this piece the elgar cello concerto is the best concerto ever written but that this is one of the several reasons why this moment I, i'm just gonna play it i'm just gonna play it like and i was so mad that like i couldn't act my true self during this because it would have destroyed the entire performance but um uh, okay here we go here we go the fourth Okay, and this person, right? This is um some dude named Raphael, but my favorite, uh, cause I played this concerto twice, three times. I performed this concerto three times, and the best performances have when they got real ignorant with it, and you go like, we you go damn. Gabriel did that two weeks ago. It's like real slow. Duh. I'm like Raphael where you going no you gotta take time and then the cellos go and the violas go and then that's what they do no that giant Elgar no and you just got I can just bend your back a little bit that's a dance routine wow I can't like I had to keep my tongue in my mouth during that part because like yeah it's so good it's so good. That don't make no sense. It don't make no sense. It don't make no sense. It don't make no sense. I gotta learn the concerto. I have to learn it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna learn it. Not right okay. Now. Um, my next one is oh gosh, my German. Okay, this is from Reduction <laughs> from the Seraglio, the Mozart opera. Mm-hmm. Um, so do not do not make fun of me. Soche Herger Laufen and Laufen is the name of this of this one, and this is Morris Robinson, um, a black uh 
a black singer who is performing this. This is with the BS, BSU. You hear me? BSO. Boston. Yup, I heard you. BSU. And that's on what? <laughs> per. Boston at Tanglewood. Okay. He did that. That's it. It goes. And there's a little, there's a, a, a Chella Rondo at the end. I mean, he's talking about killing somebody, so. But. I mean, pure. That's funny. <laughs> 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 okay, so Delaney, I'm not going to like this one too much, but this giant make you move your hips. Like, you just, you just, all you do is you just stand there, you just move your hips like that, you just sway. It's so good. It's well, so. I'm not going to like it. This is Dance on Number Two by Arturo Marquez. I don't not like that piece. I've just played it too many times. I do not want to play it ever again. Ever again? No, ever? I'm good. I don't. I don't think it's a bad. Like I don't think it's a bad piece. I just like. I I cannot even tell y'all probably a thousand times. Like I don't even think that's an exaggeration. Jesus. Yeah. All right. Here's, <laughs> here's the opening. <laughs> Oh, I hope to play that one day. That'll be a lot of fun. Not the lady taking off her uh what's it called it's <laughs> when I started playing it. Alright, last one. I know. I was being um I was being extra, but part of it was me trying to control my uh my mic because they started drilling outside and I was like, okay, I'm trying to turn my mic down. Mm-hmm. So they don't pick that up. All right. So my last one, I also have an honorable mention that I'm not going to be playing, but this is my last for real one. This is the overture to Trimanesha by Scott Joplin. Listen, need I say more? But um, my honorable mention is a second movement from Beethoven Seven. We always break that one down. And then, oh, that's my and that you know what's crazy about that? That was my third one. But I realized that we always talk about that one. So <laughs> yeah, Cause but it is once you put a beat on that. Oh 
yeah he did that yeah okay um my last one is Abre Alas by Shaquina Gonzaga Shaquina <laughs> got you leaning. I love that one. Purr. All right, you moving on? Yep. Well, um, let's see. What, what is this episode? <laughs> um, not let's see. <laughs> I remember that episode. one time when you were like. So what now? <laughs> right. Just, I don't know why that laid me out. I was like, what do you mean? Um, yeah. What was I about to say? The episode that we're doing. <laughs> we're recording right now because the mics are on and close to my lips. So that's what we're doing. So the episode. Right. <laughs> Help us. Okay. So this week. Okay. Just so y'all know, the episode, putting together episode topic for this week was a struggle. I don't even remember struggling like that before. Like, yeah, ever. Yeah, it was ever. just, there were just a lot of things that we didn't want to talk about this week, so it was hard to pin down what we did want to talk about. So. Yeah, I think that's what it, we had topics, but it was just like, we, we just didn't have energy. Wanna, yeah. Um, but this week, um, we're kind of going off of a recent development in the uh, Chevalier de Saint-Georges biopic that was announced a couple of weeks, couple of weeks, hear me, a couple of months ago um so they they just uh announced like the actor that was going to be playing him and they said that he is taking violin lessons right now um so that's like kind of where we are in terms of the news that we know about the movie um and we thought it would be cool if we were to pick black musicians or composers that we would like to see in a biopic um and kind of just talk about and we're going to cast it and just talk about like why we picked them and yeah and we can't wait for that Listen, we're going to do a classic black uh, watch party when that movie That'd comes out. That'd be cute. So, yeah. But, uh, okay. You know if it's going to theaters? I don't know, but I don't say? like going to the movie theaters, so. I think it depends for me. Yeah, I'm good on that. We live in America, so. I mean, can't go nowhere. At all. I hate that. I'll be in the concert hall like, what if they just start shooting right now? Like, that's like a, yeah, like a that's real. A, and that's a realistic fear. And then when they start doing grocery stores, I'm like, grocery stores? Yeah, school. Okay, listen. Yeah, <laughs> I saw because this girl posted she got her citizenship, and someone was like, "Welcome to hell." <laughs> Aww. Aww. Okay. <laughs> um. All right. So who did you pick? I picked George Taylor. Um, and I went back and forth between a couple of people. Um, but. I was like, nah, I can do George because his life is so interesting. Especially he started violin like really late. He had to be like, I think he was 15 when he started the violin and then um, and then switched to viola later on. But we don't know who George Taylor is. I talk about him all the time. He is the professor of viola. 
at the Eastman School of Music, um, and he was he's a chamber musician. He was in the Chiampi uh, Quartet of Duke University before Eastman. Um, he's performed all over the world. And he served on faculty at the Kassman Quartet Program, Chautauqua, Encore Strings, uh, Metamount Festival, Manchester Music Festival, a whole bunch of stuff. Um, he curates the viola intensive. Um, he helped put on the 40th International Viola Congress at Eastman. Um, he was a he served as a juror for a lot of international competitions throughout Europe and the United States, and has been on the board of the American Viola Society and the Sphinx Organization. He's done numerous solo recitals across the United States and Taiwan. He recently did the the U.S. Uh, premiere of the Ali Wilson Viola Concerto like back in 2019 with some orchestra in California I'm blinking on that um he has um an album with Nicholas Gulish. I can never say his last name Gulish's Gulish Gulash's the the guitar faculty Aceman. he's really nice I don't know his name though um called Night Strings like a whole bunch of stuff he just been here you know what I'm saying he been here mm-hmm. been here he you forgot Taylor. one thing you said what did you forgot one thing what? He responds to emails now. And that should be at the top God of his bio. Isn't God good? <laughs> I got an email coming from Mr. Taylor. I said, now, hold on. No. Who are you and what have you done? Yeah. Did, Mr. It say, did it say sent from my iPad? No. See, and that's the part that I don't believe. <laughs> that I don't believe it. I don't. All I know is somebody, I bet you he reported his, his computer stolen that day. Because... <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! You know what? I might be gonna, I might be gonna say it, but you know what? I love him. I love him dearly. Um, he's a native of New York. He attended the Manhattan School of Music, um, and yeah, he did a whole bunch of stuff. So, the part of his life that I would want to see highlighted would be his earlier years because um, I think that's where like T is good. Like, um, he learned the violin at the age of fifteen, and like. Wow, did it like really intense? Like he used to like be skipping class stuff. Well, I don't think he was skipping class, but he would be practicing in the hallways and stuff like that. And, and someone like found him practicing, like and like took them under his wing, and that's how he ended up at Manhattan. It was crazy stuff. And then he slept with the Met, and I want to know how that was because they find the nooses now. So I want to know what was what was that like back then? Um, his time in Aspen. I remember he told me a story. Um about some racial things that happened to him within his not with Aspen the institution but with his quartet members um and also wow. he did he did his uh Carnegie Hall debut I want to I want to see how that goes and how he did all that so um I only casted Mr. Taylor because I thought it'd be kind of weird and I'm all up in his family like that's kinda, yeah <laughs> that's not, especially so he's like still alive now I'm like and his wife and his daughter oh, like, and right now weird. they pick somebody you pick somebody they don't like and now nah, nah. yeah that's weird <laughs> I know I was trying to be all up in his business like that um but for a young Mr. Taylor I would pick uh Jarrell Jerome I thought that would be like uh fitting I'm not doing yeah either. actually yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I see that you suck. <laughs> what? You? I'm agreeing with you. I see that. Delaney. Let's, I see that. Delaney. Yeah. Now you know. Why? You t- Is that it? For older Mr. Taylor, I'm torn between two people. I would say the first one, my first thought was David Oyelowo. That was my first thought. Oyelowo? 
Oh, you only who? Yeah. The guy who was in Selma? Yeah. That was yellow, my first. Yellow Wolf. That that was my first uh that was my first thought. But I also think that Sterling K. Brown would do a fantastic job of Mr. Taylor. Both uh very dramatic. I think David like looks looks like him a lot. But Sterling is kind of dramatic and I think that he would do that well. <laughs> Yeah. Right, kicking over your head and stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> I a stunt double. <laughs> <laughs> you play Mr. Taylor, <laughs> and I was like, should Mr. Taylor play himself? I'm like, I feel like no, because you're too close to the story. You know, you gotta. Mm-mm. Also, why would you? Would you play yourself in a biopic? Me? Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't. That's so weird. Mm, yeah. Like. Uh, yeah. Can you say it with more? I'm like, I was here. <laughs> <laughs> say it how? Yeah. Well, right. I ain't gonna worry about that. Anybody making a biopic about me? Well, we'll see. Oh, I know. All right. Well, you well, know, I might. Who'd well, who'd you pick? Who's well? I picked Katie Brown. Well, who'd um, you pick? I picked Katie Brown, well, Catherine. I'm telling you, who I picked. Well, who'd you pick? I'm trying to. Ca- I'm telling you. Who'd you pick? Not you. <laughs> Katie. I picked Katie Brown. Who'd you pick? <laughs> I'm telling you who I picked, so. No, because I know good and daggone well when we had this conversation last night, you did not let the devil use you when you said, ooh, I know exactly who I'm doing. So, who'd you pick? It was you. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, exactly. but that's who I should have picked. Yeah, and you, and you know what? Pick. While I'm doing this, I'm gonna think of some stuff to pick for you. So I picked Margaret Bonds. Um, yeah. So if y'all don't know who Margaret Bonds is, you probably haven't listened to Classically Black before because she is a um, composer, a pianist. Uh, is sorry, was um, a, a composer, pianist, and arranger, and a teacher. She was one of the first Black composers um, and performers to gain recognition um, here in the U.S. And um, she has a lot of um, popular arrangements of spirituals. Um, and yes, yeah, so her life, um, she. It was that girl, basically. <laughs> um, yeah, so like she grew up um where she was born um in Chicago and like her dad was a prominent like a member of like the civil rights movement, someone who was very involved. Um, he was uh a founder of the Medical Association for Black F- Physicians. So like she grew up around black excellence. It was in her blood, you know um and period so and also her mother was a was a musician and she was a church musician and a member of uh, NAM the National Association of Negro Musicians so she kind of grew up around both like black excellence within and outside of music um she went on to go she went to Northwestern yeah she went to Northwestern um and she yeah just had um a really successful career as a composer and is one of those big like one of the bigger um or more well-known black composers not necessarily you know we still working on y'all because whatever but um not necessarily you know how much people have been talking about Florence Price and and William Grant still but Margaret Bonds is definitely definitely a name that ought to be um in the conversation so that's a little bit about her the reason why I picked her and um 
the reason why I picked her is the specific part of her life that I would like to see highlighted. And I really would like to see a biopic that focus more on her relationship with Langston Hughes um and their friendship they were um they were close friends and collaborators he would sometimes write poetry for thing for music that she wrote um there's actually i think in the schomburg center at the new york public library um that's the schomburg center for like research and black history and culture um there are some i remember because i'm on their mailing list and i saw something they had the margaret bonds papers and there's some letters between her and langston hughes and things like that so i was like oh. you get, i need to get over there um but yeah i would like to see a biopic that goes in depth on their relationship um just because i think that's a very interesting uh collaboration and combination of you know black legends um and yeah i would just like to see more not even just the artistic collaboration but like just that you know that black friendship sometimes we don't see yeah yeah black friendship like that especially um like like you know people of the opposite sex um you know in platonic friendships and things like that um so yeah, I would like to see that. For the casting, and it's funny because these two people have been in a movie together before, which I found out when I was looking it up today. Um, and but they also but they played husband and wife, so. Um, but for Margaret Bonds, I would choose Regina King. Period. I think she yeah, like I just she's Regina King. And right. I just feel like <laughs> yeah, she just has she's a, a very iconic black actress, like in has just been a part of the culture for so long and i think she would be someone who i would trust to do that part you know right. mm-hmm. um and then for langston hughes i would cast coleman domingo um and who is like another another actor like that And if you don't know who coleman domingo is if you watch black movies if you google him you'll recognize him mm-hmm. um he was also in my rainy's black bottom um and yeah i just think like maybe it's because i've recently seen him in like that era you know like when he was in my rainy's black bottom like just the way that he obviously looked in his hair and his dress it was in that same era that this would kind of be set in Mm -hmm. that like maybe that's what connected him to langston hughes but i think it would be really cool to see to see them we low-key we low-key should i mean what budget are we getting regina king (laughs) Girl, we a bag our budget for these mics. Right. Maybe I could just I could put a I could put a wig on. I could be Langston. You could be Margaret. Could you imagine? That would be terrible. <laughs> be hilarious. <laughs> it would. I wouldn't do it for black people, but that'd be not for them. That would be terrible. That would be really, really bad. So <laughs> we doing it. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I mean next project (laughs) right next project (laughs) um yeah so that's why here we come what'd you say i said sundance here we come (laughs) right (laughs) all right y'all it's time for black excellence where we hype you up gas you up (laughs) give you your props because there's room for everyone at the top we talking about the winnie all right (laughs) 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 not my voice cracking um all right, so this week I'm talking about Randall Gooseby, um, who, I mean, y'all ought to know Randall by now, but, I mean. you know, we talk about him. So he is a violinist um, who, if you if you have seen Randall in the recent years, you probably saw him because he placed um, in the Sphinx competition a couple years ago. 
Um, but he started playing the violin at um, age seven and then made his solo debut with the Jacksonville Symphony at age nine. Um, and then at 13, he became the youngest participant to ever win the Sphinx Concerto competition. Um, and that, you know, the junior division that he came senior division and um and placed in that as well um he went on and did his studies with Isaac Perlman um amongst other people as well um at the Juilliard school um and of course has just been um a renowned soloist doing all kinds of different projects um like from the top he's been on uh from the top he was a prize winner in the 2018 Young Concert Artist International Auditions um and he's uh on the roster for the Young Classical Artists Trust in London um so he just i mean right he solo with all kind of different orchestras cleveland orchestra um new york field uh new world symphony um he also is a recitalist um he's played at the kennedy center the kaufman center wigmore hall in london um and he also does quite a bit of community engagement in his in his work um, performing in children's hospitals and public schools and music programs um, all over the country. And most recently, um, he has announced an album uh, called Roots that will be released on June 25th. Um, so go and get his album. It's um, it's comprised of um, mostly black composers um, on that album and, you know, people who are down for the cause. So shout out to Randall and... Go get his album when it is available. Here you, Randall. All right. So, um, all right. My piece of the week is called Interlude Number Three by Keith Jarrett. You know, I be my little jazz bag every once in a while. So I let that jump run. I was just like taken away by I was like, what is this? And my voice. What is this? Um, so yeah. That's my piece or whatever. Well, girl, we made it. We did. This is the shortest episode of Classically Black ever. Ooh. I don't know. You kind of like it. <laughs> stay here. That's crazy. We would we would actually be here not for, for about another fifty minutes. <laughs> okay. you imagine? Talking about what? Talking about what? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I don't understand that. Anyway, uh, this week was it. crazy. So yeah. Thanks for listening to Classically Black. Bye, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to Classic Black Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Classic Black Podcast. If you have a piece of the week suggestion, a black excellence suggestion, or an interesting suggestion, send to Classic Black Podcast at gmail.com. If you're black, join ISBM. Like, come on, man. Like, come on, man. If you got ISBM, you black, you're not game. Period. IS Black Musicians, follow us there. ISBlackMusicians.com. Right? Mm hmm. Hasn't changed. No. It's been like that every week. All right. Thanks, y'all, for listening. Bye. Bye.